podcast, cutting edge conversations with the Quant community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our latest installment of Quantcast. I am Nazneen Sharif, Associate Quantitative Finance Editor for Risk.net, speaking from our London office. I also have here with me Tom Osborne, Editor of the Risk Management Beat at Risk.net. Hi, Tom. Hello. We have with us in our studio today um, guest speaker Adolfo Montoro, who is a director in market risk management and risk methodology at Deutsche Bank in London. He's one of the leading experts uh, in the industry on the Basel Committee's recently finalized market risk capital regulation, the fundamental review of the trading book. Hi, Adolfo. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hello. Thanks for having me. So the Basel Committee finalized the FRCB framework in 2016, uh, but due to pressure from the industry regarding a few key outstanding issues, the regulators published a consultation document in March this year. One crucial issue that still needs to be fixed is the difficulty in passing the PNL attribution test, one of the two tests a bank must pass in order to be allowed to use the less punitive internal models approach for capital calculation. So in its latest March consultation, the Basel Committee finally accepted part of the industry's wish list of changes to the PNL attribution test by replacing the mean and variance ratio test with Spearman rank correlation and the Kolmogorov Smirnoff test, two methods which you, um, Adolfo, originally proposed in a risk paper last year, um, along with your colleagues at Deutsche Bank. What are the advantages of the, of these two techniques over the mean and variance test that were originally proposed by Basel? Yeah, I think um, um, it was with the with the mean and variance ratio test. I think um, it was clear what the intention from the regulators was in terms of um, uh, how the two distribution of uh, the hypothetical PNL and the risk theoretical PNL. Uh, should uh, behave against each other in terms of um, uh, um, symmet- symmetries and, and similarity of the distributions. Um, the problem is that, um, and, and that it's a problem that you always have when you're trying to capture correlations between two two vector of distributions, is that yeah. obviously, in the, the although the, sc- the spirit of the test was noble, I mean the, the setup and these two metrics created a bit of issue in terms of. Um, uh, instability of the results, so uh, and and in terms of strictness um, uh, of of the of the output, and in terms of asymmetry of the output, yeah. uh, in, in particular, um, um, again in the instability. I think the, I guess the point was that um, there was too much model risk attached, uh, so mm-hmm. essentially to to the measure itself, to the matrix itself. So again, the, uh, at least from uh, the results that we could gather through the analysis um, uh, within Deutsche and also within the industry, uh, obviously the results was. Um, could change uh, from month to month without not structural changes in, in actual in the actual portfolio or or nor decreasing um, um, kind of uh, uh, accuracy of the risk model itself. So there were some some issue in particular with the variance ratio that we we fix. Yep. Um, um, that we did, that we raise, and uh, I th- we believe that with the uh, counter proposals uh, of uh, using the um, uh, Spearman rank correlations and and the Komarov Smirnov test, which are standard anyway technique, it's not that uh, we re- really reinvent the wheel, uh, but um, uh, I think with the counter proposal, essentially we're trying to uh, address those three issues, and 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 still uh, bearing in mind what was this the ultimate scope that the regulators would like to capture. Uh, so I think we, we have not touched really on the scope. The scope remains what it is, either the, with the penal attribution test, there is, um, regulators are trying to capture the accuracy of the risk factor coverage in the risk model. 
uh, and the accuracy of the valuation function using the risk model. Uh, obviously, using as a benchmark the the, the, the model that produced PNL, but by definition, that's the benchmark that the PNL attribution is trying to uh, to to, to as, um, assess the risk model versus. Um, so yeah, with the with the um, in essence with the Kolmogorov uh, Mirnov test, we're essentially still looking at how similar the vector of hypothetical PNL and the vector of the risk theoretical PNL will look like. Yeah. So obviously. The, the more similar, the better. Um, and, and in terms of the uh, uh, Spearman rank, so the, 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 the Spearman rank instead will tackle the, the fact that, again, we'll look at how um, ensure that, again, the two vector on a date move into the same direction. So we'll look at uh, the, the stability of the output day on day, ensuring that the two, um, the, the output of them of the two models will move in the same direction. So, and check on that, I, I, I will say. Mm-hmm. But so in the latest consultation, Basel, also provides a choice between Kolmogorov-Smirnov and um, a chi-squared test, um, which, which according to you, uh, is a better test uh, in the context of PNL attribution. Yeah, as I said, I think um, um, uh, when we look at the consultation, uh, we were in a way um, uh, from um, um, from an industry point of view, also from a, from a, being uh, the author of that of the of that paper that Nancy uh, referenced at the beginning. Um, we were happy to see that in a way that Basel accept our, our counter proposal, mm-hmm. yeah. but at the same time we were also interested that an additional uh, alternative was put on the table yeah. in terms of combination chi square Spearman rank versus chi square versus Kolmogorov Spearman test. Mm-hmm. I think we've done a lot of tests. Um, to assess um, um, the uh, which one was better uh, of the two combination, I will say, um, and this is also a, a thought that has been shared also in the industry. Um, in this is really uh, with the new proposal, I think a major step. Basel made, made a major step with the uh, um, with the previous re- redesign of the test, not just in yeah. terms of the metrics, but also in, in terms of the calibration, in terms of uh, the window. That you look at it, and they did with yeah. the introduction of the penalty function. This where yeah. I think you know we, we shouldn't look at the um, enhancement proposed by Basel just in the context of the yeah. the, the metrics and the formula, but actually the entire yeah. framework was really enhanced. Um, yeah. uh, with by window, do you mean the um, sort of going to one year? Uh, Correct. Data rather rather than testing, okay. rather than yeah. testing the accuracy of this two vector of PNL yeah. mm-hmm. uh, on a daily basis, and then testing month monthly windows, yeah. um, uh, essentially that will obviously would have exploded the model risk problem uh, that, I, uh, that I mentioned before mm-hmm. in terms of uh, instability of the measure, yeah. um, just because of the small simple site. So we, we uh, Basel proposed, I think, a, a good, uh, made, made on the table a good proposal, which again will uh, increase the stability of the output just by increasing again the sample size and testing the, the, the accuracy of the metrics um, proposed over a period of, of one year. So that, that was my major, major announcement. And the other one, of course, is the introduction of the penalty function uh, in order to reduce the, uh, the, the volatility of the capital yeah. due to deaths going in and out. Uh, I think um, almost there was a, the proposal from Basel addresses the fact that if a desk suddenly on one month ends up to fail the test, it's not going to go straight into the standardized approach, but still there is a a penalty, let's put it a grace area. Uh, so if the result stays in this grace area, obviously 
still the, the bank will, or the desk will stay in IMA. Of course, there will be some immediate re reactions that uh, towards the regulators or some um, remediation step that will be put in place. But at least the desk is not going to fall default straight away in standardized approach. Uh, so that I would say is another is another major major announcement. Going back Tom, to your questions, uh, so as I said, uh, if I look at the combination of the two metrics, we are really playing on the margin. So my personal view, and this is also will be reflected in 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 uh, in, in, um, in a paper that is uh, under review, and uh, and uh, hopefully be published in RiskNet uh, in the quant in the cutting edge section of the of the RiskNet. Um, yeah. I think our view is um, we we are in favor of uh, we, uh, of the Comoros Minov test in terms of mm. as a I, I think the test has a um, um, slightly better discriminant to disc ability to discriminate between models different mm. models I different models for different used by different banks and um, but again we are really looking at the margin I mean I think at the moment uh, um, we provide also the um, a lot of the in, in this paper a lot of the mathematical which I guess we go uh, we go also through it today uh, but I think what I want to point it out is that I think it's very important now to ensure um, rather than stick too much about the commerce being off uh, it's really about the calibration now it's a calibration issue yeah right. so we need to really ensure that we got regardless of what is going to be commerce being off or chi square mm -hmm. that we got the threshold correct yeah. of the red zone amber zone and, and green zone uh, but and in terms of the preference, mm. this uh, for us is the Comoros Minov test. I think, and um, uh, uh, in a way, it's I would say it's almost more severe, right? In terms of ab ability to discriminate, is higher. Uh, chi square also has that, the same ability, uh, but I think we over during the test we noticed that the um, the chi square is uh, slightly more lenient. On, on, on compared to the to the Colmodo's minimum test, but we're really on the edge, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if you look yeah. at the spirit of what the regulators would like to capture, I think you know uh, we did also a survey, in the, uh, I think, yeah. in the industry, and even there there was a slight preference for Colmodo's minimum test, but I, yeah. it was really on the edge, right? So I think it's uh, so. Uh, my point is probably we favor Colmodo's minimum test coupled with the Spearman ring, but they're really performing. You know, and on, mm -hmm. on a similarly, um, um, but it's really a matter of calibration. Okay, it, it just it's been highlighted that in ISDA's response to the consultation, there was a strong undercurrent in, of some folk clearly in favour of chi square. Why? Why is that? Does it depend on the bank on the on the setup of their? their I business? guess I guess it, it I guess it depends on um, so it depends on the um, various internal model that the mm -hmm. bank use. Um, so I will say, uh, I mean, the major issue was that when we look at the analysis, um, it's that um, when the 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 the, the chi square tends to accept uh, uh, more portfolio where, um, uh, for example, in in presence of um, bias in the model, yeah. So um, um, again, so I, th I think our, in our in our discussion also in our, in our paper, what we're saying, we're proposing the fact that. Um, all this, it's in the end, it's just two tests, right? So mm. then there's just two ratio that we're looking at. But regardless of which test is going to go, every, every test has its own, you know, uh, pros and cons. I mean, the Comoros mean of test, somebody could argue, is actually too severe. Mm. Um, I think with the right calibration of the threshold and whilst, cali whilst calibrating the threshold, I think the regulators should uh, assess what are the pros and cons of, of uh, when a test is performing better than the other one. And this should all come up under the 
under the calibration of the threshold. Mm-hmm. So in particular, as I said, one, one, one area where the chi-square end up to be a little bit more lenient, it's, it's really about the, uh, the bias in the model. So model with tiny bias could, could have a pass. But um, instead, for example, the Colmoros Mirnov test yeah. will be very severe in presence of, in presence of, of, of bias. Yeah, okay. Very yeah. severe. So the bias, you could say, in a way, is, is something that is not new. I mean, it's something that even the regulators... Uh, in the, they were trying to capture in the context of the of the mean ratio. So, yeah. as yeah. I said, you know, if I uh, if I want to be from an integral part, uh, in, in the, I'm I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm an analyst, I'm a, I'm a quantitative person. So if I look at the theoretical ground, um, you know, I, I w- as I said, that's why my favorite for, favorite is for the Colmoros mean of this because it is more severe, it's more able to discriminate if a model has a bias or not. Uh, it doesn't matter. This is not to say that a model with bias is, you know, is better or not. But yeah. um, it's. Uh, but at the same time, otherwise I could have just said, "Oh, chi square is more lenient." Yeah, let's 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 go for chi square. I think yeah. I think our duty as an analyst and is to put those argumentation on the table, yeah. and then I guess it's a buzz of discussion. Right? Mm-hmm. But for me, I will stick to the fact that it's it's a calibration issue at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. When you say bias, are you talking about? Um, under and overestimation of risk. No, bias is, is literally the fact that um, yeah. it's, it's usually has to do with the fact that you know the portfolio has uh, um, um, uh, is is about the when when you um, uh, the, the drift in the distribution. So in terms of when you look at the mean, right, yeah. Um, I mean, you usually the, the real distribution of a PNL, uh, you know, you you supposed to you usually have always a little bias, like it's not zero mean. Like so otherwise, it's almost like every day you predict, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So I think you always have some. Um, you also, do, I mean, nonlinear position. You have also some gamma effect. Yeah. Um, so I think it's. Um, um, so I think it's it's just a drift present in, in the distribution. Um, okay. And and uh, and it's a systematic drift. So it's it's a, it's a deterministic drift in a way. Um, so the, again, the chi square will kind of forgive. Uh, yeah. The model having this uh, to an extent, right? Not, uh, yeah. I think it, and, and again, we're not looking at biases, at least from the analysis that we've seen of, yeah. you know, we're looking at small biases of, of zero to seven to ten percent maximum. So, um, um, why again, the Comoros mean of this will will spot it right away and will punish uh, straight away oh, okay. uh, those yeah. those models. So, yeah, as I said, I think for me it's a calibration issue. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I mean, earlier you mentioned that, you know, the the main concern now is the calibration of Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. three different zones, Mm -hmm. um, where Basel has now included an amber zone for the, you know, penal attribution test. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, so to allow that smooth transition between pass and fail. um, So, um, I mean, we have reported that, you know, dealers have sort of pushed for widening this amber zone uh, because, you know, they feel that the current thresholds are too narrow under, you know, both the Kolmogorov Smirnov test and the chi-square test. Um, do you do you agree with that? And yeah, we, yeah, I will uh, strongly agree. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, when we when the um, when the consultation paper, the latest consultation paper came out, um, I think it took first for us was interesting to understand how those thresholds were calibrated in the first place. But this was of course not uh, not explained in the, in the consultation itself. But of course, it took us a while for uh, for us to kind of reverse engineer those thresholds. Um, but one thing that was clearly seen just by just plotting those thresholds before going into the mathematics, just before, just by plotting those thresholds, we noticed yep. it was very obvious 
that um, the um, not too much about the red the green zone itself, but again, and this was a, a common feature of both uh, thresholds uh, set up in the context of the chi-square and in the context of the of the KS. But we c- clearly noticed that the um, the, uh, the amber zone that was really sparked uh, came to uh, the attention. The amber zone was very narrow, um, and and uh, the red zone was. Uh, quite big. Mm-hmm. Um, so the discussion, the, the point that we made was more like, okay, if you look at the r- rationale of having the umbered zone in the first place, as I mentioned before, it's supposed to be a almost as a grace period, mm-hmm. which will come at cost of capital, by the way. So, um, you know, there's still a penalty yeah. function yeah. that will be yeah. applied, which I didn't mention before. So it's not for free. Yeah. yeah. But still, um, having a too small of our, of our umbered zone, it will almost deflate the purpose of having an umbered zone in the first place. So that so it's almost like um, with the proposal uh, that the Basel committee put on the table um, to put the grace, and it was almost like, yeah, it was kind of deflated the whole purpose. So I think that is so that was the one of the feedback that we provided to the regulators. Um, yeah. um, it was interesting because um, those feedbacks were also interpreted as um, right. Let's widen then the amber zone at the cost of the green zone. Yeah. Yeah. That's of course not yeah. what we were envisaged to, to yeah. or were expecting. So I think it, this has to come. I mean, the, the winding of the um, the amber zone obviously has to come at the at the at the, at the cost or the expense of the of the red zone. Um, and I mentioned on the reversing engineering, which is also another topic that, um, that we, uh, we we had discussed and, and justified in, into our into our paper. Yep. Um, so essentially, the the um, when we look at um, when you look at um, at the um, usage of this um, uh, Colmodo's mean of test chi square, they are p- parametric tests, um, yeah. and but we shouldn't forget the fact that they are used into a context that is not, I would say, the natural context where these tests are supposed to be. When you test independent distributions and, yeah. and you're trying to compare how, how, how uh, if those distributions fit each other and so and so on, so. The usage of this test is in a different context. So we're looking, trying to compare a distributions that is the um, of the um, of the commutative distribution function of the hypothetical PNL and the distribution of the uh, the commutative di- distribution function of the risk theoretical PNL. Um, I'm sure these are not independent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. we shouldn't we should under underrate that. So I think yeah. um, so trying to and what the what the, I at least from our analysis. Um, the way that the Basel Committee went to calibrate those thresholds put in the current consultation paper, yeah. where they kind of instead kind of miss these assumptions in a yeah. way, and calibrated those thresholds by looking at level of p-values. Uh, but again, the, the, um, which yeah. you would do. Uh, but yeah. in this context, I think it's it's the, the um, these assumptions will not be validated. So I think what, what we're trying to say instead we went from in order to rever- kind of propose those. Revisit those thresholds, or at least yeah. uh, assess what how those thresholds could look like. Yeah. Um, we we went f- uh, for a um, an approach, which I add, and then a little of uh, in a way, um, uh, I will say uh, judgment in a way, expert judgment on how to start. But then I think the, still the mathematical ground is quite is quite important. Um, yeah. So, and again, um, uh, our feedback also in our. Um, in, in the, now a consultation, but also if you look at the p- yeah. public responses from other banks and, and also the industry um, um, forums, uh, those thresholds, I think, um, still will need to be calibrated uh, when 
the uh, banks have implemented actually the risk theoretical PNL yeah. functionality, uh, so that we can actually test all those uh, portfolios um, into with real portfolio, right? All this, all these metrics using real portfolio. Uh, at the moment, uh, and, and even the previous um, analysis on uh, the accuracy of the Comoros mean of test uh, versus the variance ratio were all done in the means of anyway hypothetical portfolio, still relevant, and, and but yeah. still yes. not not the real portfolio of the bank. Um, so we, we've reported the fact that the industry's had a hard time proving uh, that the narrow threshold problem also exists for the Spearman rank correlation tests. Um, have we now got any numbers that can, can back up their stance? Um, yeah, as I said, I think uh, we, we, um, we believe that um, uh, in our approach, um, how to rev- kind of um, propose some thresholds, which as I said, still I mentioned, I will caveat the fact that still to be revisited, and and um, um, but uh, with when when the model actually is, uh, the RTPL model is actually implemented, um, but certainly as I said, we went by saying right, what is a good portfolio? Good portfolio. If you look at what it is that the regulators would like to capture, there are three things that they would like to capture. They would like to capture presence of uh, how how good uh, is the correlation between and high is the correlation between the HPL and the risk theoretical PNL, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and whether or not uh, the model is underestimating, the risk model is underestimating or overestimating the outcome of the HPL, so, uh, and then also presence of bias. So yeah. we started with, with this assumption and, 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 and stated that, right, a model where the correlation is very high and, and the, over, the level of underestimation, overestimation is non-existent in a way, is, yeah. um, and, and the bias is small, these are um, obviously models that should pass the test. Yeah. So we kind of set up, kind of that's why I say the level uh, initial expert judgment in terms of saying, you know, what is it? Uh, let's set up, for example, that a portfolio with a 95% implied uh, Spinman rank correlation should definitely pass. Yeah. Um, and and then we're trying to play uh, basically how is this, how is the uh, outcome or how is the thresholds. Uh, sensitive to these parameters, uh, yeah. correlation, presence of, of drift slash bias, and level of over under, uh, underestimation. Right. And we kind of see that from by using these assumptions, and also by um, uh, again not bas- basing our analysis on the level of p-value, but actually basing our analysis on how, if you look at how the the confidence interval is used in the context of back testing. Yeah. Um, so we kind of try to leverage on that and say, okay, um, if you look. At, uh, basically, at this at this reverse engineering analysis, we actually noticed that um, in terms of the um, um, yeah the current threshold were too tight, uh-huh. right? So yeah. not too much actually actually the green zone, uh, both in cal- in Colmoros mean of n chi square, not too much a green zone. Yeah. yeah, I think the calibration of that it's all right. We could argue from <laughs> probably to, to make it even bigger, but at, but definitely we we noticed that um, the um, the area, the amber area, yeah. the, the amber zone, the start of the amber zone and the end of the amber zone, definitely um, to sort of the end of the amber the under zone going into red zone, uh, it was, um, I would say, miscalibrated. Yeah. So um, mm. based on the mathematical foundation, then as I said, yeah. um, it is, and in the end, it's a buzzer decision yeah. uh, of how much of, uh, this is a trade-off, so that's why I say it's a calibration. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trade-off in terms of uh, um, um, how much appetite the yeah. regulators say for uh, uh, level one, um, um, type one, sorry, error versus type two. Yeah. Um, but 
if you look at the mathematical foundation, which is in our paper, yeah. and, and I mean clearly the common um, the common um, um, uh, feature that came out from our analysis was that the um, the Ambert zone should have been. Uh, I'm just using for example for um, for um, uh, for for spinner for spinner rain correlation, yeah. where um, I think you're looking at uh, um, uh, amber zone that starts at 82.5 yeah. and terminates at 75 percent. Yeah. So I think what we're saying we're saying that if you stick to the mathematics, uh, uh, you should probably start at a 75 and finish at 65 around that level from the amber zone. Yeah. And uh, and for Colmoros mean of a chi square, I think yeah. uh, you're looking as well at a um, uh, you know at um, um, w yeah um, widening of the Ambert zone with a start rather than at the level of 0 0.083 to a level about 0 0.11 uh, and and rather conclude at 0 0.095, which is the current yeah. thresholds proposed, yeah. uh, actually start the red zone at about. 0.16, 0 0.15. Um, yeah, um, I think what is interesting from the from the analysis is um, uh, is essentially that uh, f it's it's important to see how these results, how the thresholds, is actually uh, um, uh, um, kind of sensitive to the to, to this input. Yeah. And um, <coughs> and uh, and when you, when we look at the analysis that are in the test, you can actually see that. If in the way that, uh, that there is a there is a co constant uh, kind of um, uh, um, uh, uh, if you look at uh, if you compare if you imagine a, a, an axis or I kind of a, a, um, a graph with um, uh, two uh, x y and axis um, um, and then you compare basically the ratio for example of over and estimation yeah. um, uh, slash and estimation on the x axis and on the y axis the level of the Kolmogorov mean of threshold test you can actually see that. If you look at the thresholds that were calibrated by the the, um, the initial by the committee, you yeah. can actually see that those, because of the misstatement in the in the calibration, those um, ratios are, are actually completely agnostic to yeah. the level of over or underestimation. Mm -hmm. That's clearly right. yeah. that's clearly not what you want. So I think yeah. instead, yeah. with our calibration uh, with uh, with the um, analysis that we did, yeah. we actually show that by setting up the threshold in the way they should. Um, uh, you can actually see that the threshold move uh, and the and the and the and, and the, the test the output of the test react differently depending on, on different levels. So same analysis for the for the uh, for the for the bias yeah. and, and same analysis for more or less similar analysis for the for the spinman ring. Uh, as I said, um, <coughs> this is um, how um, we back up our analysis. So a little bit of extra judgment, but strong mathematical foundation thereafter. Um, and, and again, I think it's uh, it's just that uh, I will state the fact that it's it's um, um, the assumptions and, and the context of how the, um, uh, the, the this uh, uh, test I use is not a standard one. So I think we should not underestimate that, and, and that's what I think we made clear in our in our paper. Mm -hmm. So it, it's been repeatedly argued that when we're setting the calibrations for, for these tests, we want to use real portfolios mm -hmm. um, so that, that Basel has fresh data, live data, mm -hmm. uh, off of which to, to base its judgments. Um, is that, um, do you agree? I mean, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's important because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, um, this test will be applied on, on, uh, on uh, real portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, as I said, I don't think 
the um, I don't think the mathematical foundation will change because mm. still I mean this the analysis will not change because um, the mathematical foundation I think it's still is quite solid. But um, um, I mean there are there are a lot of um, when you look at how the banks operate and how you know the, the calculation of PNL is done and mm. also imagine that um, this risk theoretical PNL is a brand new measure in a way that yeah. banks are asked so uh, to, to to implement. Um, so I think you know um, there are also the day-to-day -day operation how banks function um, and so I think we, I would say as a measure it's not matu mature yet so I think only when we build those measures and, and we can actually test on real portfolio rather than trades mm -hmm. or, 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 or comp kind of sample of trades um, yeah. although reflecting the structure of or good portfolio will be but you know, I think it's uh, one thing is to c compare a couple of trades, or, or and one thing is uh, you know looking at global portfolios. So, <laughs> um, so I think we need to a learn on how to build this because a lot of the you know a lot of the and this is not just uh, it's, it's nobody's fault. This is how it looks like when when there is a new model. Um, a lot of the a lot of the uh, uh, surprises uh, sometimes good, sometimes <laughs> not. They actually come during the implementation. So right. I, you know, I, I think when we look at it, we can actually then safely uh, well and when the quantitative impact study will be based on on the real portfolios um yeah. you know i think then when you you could see actually how stable is the model right? uh -huh. so and this is not just in the context of FRTB. that's always the case when every new uh, model or feature of the model is, is put live we always have to go through a period of testing and so on and so forth mm -hmm. um and um and PNL is a bit of a is a bit of a kind of uh new 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 function so that it needs to be looked at um yeah i think as, as, i guess as part of the monitoring period i mean you know uh, uh, we uh, banks are launching program of other you know we, we've launched a program as well so we, we are into the implementation phase yeah. we know how important it is to build the theoretical pnl and to try to get insight from from this because uh -huh. um and then at, you know this will kind of inform as a uh, the process but i think it will be a mistake um, in the finalization of the paper, to leave um, to leave the thresholds as they are, because clearly we yeah. have highlighted that uh, you know okay. th there is a, there is a, there is an issue there. So, would, would that, with respect to your your own proposals um, as to where the thresholds get set, will whether or not Basel uses real data have a bearing on on your own proposals? Um, I, I, to be frank, I don't know. I think it's. I think the mathematical ground is has been has been uh, uh, discussed in the yeah. various. Uh, even if you read our consultation paper, or uh, um, I think it's, it's it's there. I think um, uh, so. I I don't see why the, those analysis should be ignored. I think it's it's uh, as I said, it's, it's an appetite decision in the end, mm -hmm. in terms of whether they believe. For example, I'm just making a statement. Um, if if they want. I don't know the correlation. If they expect the correlation to be, uh, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that that, <laughs> yeah. that, that is no. But I, what I'm going to say, if you, in the way we reverse engineer the uh, their approach that they use to, uh, to to calibrate the threshold, clearly we find a flaw. Uh, yeah. You know, a flaw. Yeah. So, so I think that that I think it's an easy fix. And and again, um, even, you know, so I think it's then then like I guess I said it's still a basal call in terms of which. Uh, on, about the appetite of tier type one versus type two error, but I mean, um, yeah, I mean it will be it will be a, a loss opportunity, right? To, mm -hmm. yeah. they've enhanced the framework so much, yeah, uh, and 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 you know, 
still, if the thresholds are what they are, uh, even after such an announcement, it will still yeah. be very difficult, uh, if not impossible, mm-hmm. to pass. Right. So I think it will be, you will be almost ignoring all the work that they've done over the last yeah. two three years. So yeah. I think they should. I think um, you know, uh, they should. They should. Uh, they should uh, consider uh, this in, in their calibration. When when will we hear any movement from them? Will it be presumably after the summer recess? Oh, I mean, um, but they. What I know is that for sure they will finalize the guidelines by the end of this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I know there are discussion now going on, but I don't know more than that. I think it's clearly the end of the year they will they will need to finalize this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, speaking of you know fixing flaws and assumptions, I mean you mentioned before that you know one of the main assumptions behind the two uh, new proposed tests, the Spearman Rank and the Kolmogorov-Smirnov test, is that the distributions are independent. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the um, so as part of the thresholds that you recommend mm-hmm. based on your study, um, how would the dependence between hypothetical PNL and risk theoretical PNL, how would it affect the thresholds? You know, what, what exactly what kind of adjustment would you have to make in, in the way you approach this problem to account for that dependence between the distributions? No, I mean, the dependence is, is what it is. I mean, the two, yeah. I mean it's, uh, I think that, as I mentioned before, I think the way we tackle the approach is to say, this is a fact. I mean, it's not uh, something that we could change. Yeah. Uh, to be frank, we, I think the, um, the regulators would like this to distribution to be in identical, right? Mm. That's where they really, but <laughs> of course, that yeah. we all know that it's going to be very difficult. So we cannot change that. It's more like, um, um, uh, calibrating the threshold in the way they've done now, they just yeah. assume, for example, that they calibrated. Um, uh, they've, they've assumed that, for example, for the uh, green zone, mm-hmm. yeah. they use a, 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 a 95 uh, percent, yeah. and 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 for the for the amber zone, a 99 percent. Um, and again, this is assuming the assumption that we made. So, but. In the way we we went about was to say actually our assumption was more to use a 99.99 interval confidence for the calibration of the amber zone, so which makes actually the calibration more conservative. Um, and but again our point is to uh, in, the, in the paper that we that, that we that we hope to uh, to this to publish is to say we move away from calibrating the threshold uh, using p-value approach, but we rather as I said look at a um, an, an approach where we assess what a good model is, or, or, or good model, what a better model is, mm-hmm. um, uh, in terms of uh, setting up certain thresholds for the green. Yeah. Uh, say, for example, as I said, um, you know, 95% for the uh, or 85% for correlation, whatever, and then from there, then saying, okay, let's let's calibrate and see yeah. how uh, uh, this the, the 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 analysis will look like. How is the um, the the test itself sensitive and what is the test telling you when you do the reverse engineering so that's what we did so i think that's into your point it's not too much about how we tackle the independence we actually as i said the hope is to get this to yeah. function uh, to this to cdf uh, function very very similar if not identical yeah. I, I think it probably never be that will be identical but yeah. mm-hmm. um you know certainly i think from my discussion with the regulators i think it's um um you know, when you look at Kolmoros Minov, Kai Square, I think this is probably a um, uh, new area in terms of what the right threshold and so on and so forth. But and when you look at Spearman rank correlation, I think everybody understands correlation. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I, that's what I mean. At some point, it's also a political discussion, right? If, right. They, yeah. if they would like to yeah. say, you know what, there's no way yeah. that uh, I will accept a model if the, uh, the RTPL is not correlated X percent, yeah. Yeah. then yeah. there's no, there's no yeah. mathematics there. But our yeah. point was more yeah. to say, if I assume that a good model should have this, yeah. um, uh, should be characterized by this level of correlation, this level of bias, uh, and this level of uh, under overestimation, mm-hmm. Then from there, reusing the calibration, sorry, yeah. reusing the um, um, uh, the reverse engineering process of um, uh, how the threshold should be calibrated in terms of intervals of interval of confidence. Mm. Then from there, then the mathematical ground is, is very clear, and uh, and and clearly that it has been shown that there is a miscalibration, that the, uh, particularly for the for the red for the amber uh, and the red zone. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so basically using a benchmark instead of you know going after trying to model the dependence correct. okay correct. yeah correct fair enough so there's been a lot of positive movement on pla and a lot of good work done as you say this year the one major outstanding area which the consultation largely dismissed as an issue um is non-modable risk factors mm-hmm. as we know is there still a push by the industry to to um, to get some movement? And do you do you see Basel revisiting that issue? Um, I mean, we um, I think the normal risk factor is again is another area where <laughs> I think it's um, I, I personally feel that the PN attribution test is fixed uh, as a um, mm-hmm. conceptual topic and and, theory and and the design and it's more as a calibration issue. Uh, the NMRF, I think it's um, um, more difficult best to handle in the sense that uh, it is a new, it is a new, completely brand new, brand new uh, uh, component. Yeah. And, um, and, and not too much has been said in the past about, about such a component, even in the, in the, if you look at the, uh, the consultation, uh, sorry, at the January 16 version, not too much went into, into writing since then, yeah. but a lot of information was good information good detail was put into into the consultation so um, um, so when you look at I mean uh, at the, um, uh, the, uh, the NMRF I think it's um, very clear the fact that I think there are um, I think um, it's still too much at least from the QIS number driving too much yeah. uh, um, the, the, the overall capital charge and uh, I think the area that I, I will say um, we uh, should we should definitely uh, address which one Basel is Formally, actually doing it in the paper uh-huh. is obviously the um, uh, the bucketing and uh, yes. or not. Uh, but I think uh, the seasonality is one thing. When I mean seasonality, I don't mean just um, um, products that are affected by <laughs> being traded in certain season or not. But yeah. just sometimes, literally, is is um, um, the fact that we have, uh, as we have we have seen that there are certain period of the year where all risk factors right gets impacted. Yeah. And so I think it's it's um, uh, you know um, um, yeah these are just probably the topics I think in terms of um, uh, what what we need to do what mm. the Basel need to look at and uh, and to try and and uh, you know uh, a bit um, make this this um, capital charge a bit more uh, um, you know less less severe what it is yeah. um, um, you know I think it's it's also very difficult because to an extent. Um, and this is also the case for every single capital charge and uh, even other model in the past. I mean, at the end, obviously, today, uh, the charge has an impact. Uh, uh, but, of course, um, 
this charge will be need to be managed right by the time uh-huh. we go go live so I'm, uh, what i'm trying to say banks don't yet have the the uh, infrastructure to actually yeah. uh, even assess uh, so although a lot of work went into the qis yeah. um but we don't have yet the full infrastructure implemented so uh, i'm sure that we will learn when implementing this and and, and there will be a feedback loop uh, yeah. throughout the organizations on and uh, on how to enhance and, and ensure that we can actually manage this charge on a day-to-day basis um yeah but certainly i mean seasonality is one area uh, and um mm-hmm. and um and that, that will need to be looked at um, aggregation is another area you know yeah. yeah um you know i think if if you look at um um and in particular, I mean, if you look at the, uh, if you read the Annex D, as I mentioned, a lot of, yes. a lot of information was put into the into this um, into this consultation paper when it comes to NMRF, which is a good thing uh, because yeah. all this stuff is in writing. Um, but as I said, it wasn't in writing before, so, and um, so I think this is a learning experience for uh, to digest this 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 information for the banks, for the industry, but also for the regulators, right? Because it's, it's also a brand new charge for them. So I think. Now, when you start looking at, for example, Annex D, mm. uh, which is a big piece of, um, although it's a, it is an annex, yeah. uh, but the wording in the in the annex are, is quite strict. So it looks like the, the actual requirements yeah. of yeah. Uh, expectation of where you know um, the, the, about data and about the data models. Uh, so, um, so I think uh, you know I think it's that's that's one area probably that we have to look at. Uh, more in details because it's brand new information so i think it's to assess really um yeah in the meantime and absent any guidance from basel um obviously you know banks have focused on um a few potential remedies um data pooling being you know one of the obvious mm-hmm. avenues mm-hmm. um there's, there's there's been um a recent sort of trend towards um perhaps data hoarding, we might call it, by certain regions. So we reported on the Canadian banks uh, pooling together um, privately with a vendor and um, pledging to share data relevant to the Canadian uh, fixed income markets in particular amongst themselves, but perhaps not beyond the immediate cluster of five banks. Mm-hmm. You're a big bank. Is, is that a concern if we see this sort of regional fragmentation into pools of access rather than a global solution run by one of the bigger vendors? If you wanted to do business in that market, perhaps, but were, you know, uh, short of certain data points um, for uh, for modelling, whatever given exposure might be. I think uh, you, you have to look at f- fundamentally what is the spirit of the of the rule. I mean, the regulators are, and and the spirit why the NMRF was introduced. Um, the NMRF is essentially um, the spirit of the regulators is if you trade enough a product, um, I'm sure you have. And you know, when when you trade a product, you have to be precise. I mean, the price is the price. Hmm. Um, you have to then um, um, you can provide evidence that uh, in the way then you model that product in your risk model, you actually have the data. Yeah. And and you yeah. can back that up. Um, so I'm sure if you know uh, if if a bank uh, you know is outside the Canadian bond market that wants to trade that product, it will actually get the product itself. So I think for me, the data pooling is more. Um, to um, help in a way, it's not too much to say, oh, uh, you know, I can get the data from there for free, and then I think at this, I just, that's why actually NXT was introduced uh-huh. um, because I mean the regulators were actually concerned that uh, any bank would have just approached a vendor and say, oh, can you give me this data, and then 
there you go. Even if they that in their portfolio they were actually not trading the, prof- the, yeah. the product yeah. for, for for so that's I think we shouldn't forget the ultimate spirit that the regulators want. It was, it was like if you trade something um, frequent enough, yeah. then you can convince me that you can actually um, uh, model that product. Right. Um, so I think uh, I will look at that from that angle uh, in terms of. Um, 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 yeah, I think pulling, pulling, I think it will be very important uh, from at least uh, because it will help in a way also build an infrastructure of traceability. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that doesn't change the fact that even with pulling, I think, I don't think the regulators just rely on, on, on vendors, but I, I think still the regulators will have an expectation that the banks uh, internally have their own, you know. Uh, right. So in the end, for me, an MRF is, is really a... Um, um, link uh, of um, be able to demonstrate the traceability of how you price a product, uh, how frequently you, tra- you trade that product, and then how much um, of the information that you use to, to trade and price is actually reused inside the bank for various purposes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, including the generation of historical time series that will then feed uh, feed uh, feed the bar. In the end, I mean, with the NMRF, the bank. Banks want to avoid that if a potential, if, if a risk that the, the bank is running is not represented in the model uh, with its own appropriate time series, um, that in a way the capital charge is reflective of that. That's what essentially an MRF is. Um, and um, yeah, so I think it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, the pooling will more help in terms of, um, I think, providing more. Um, uh, uh, transparency, I mm-hmm. would say, yeah. Um, yeah. and and um, um, around uh, the framework. So it's part of the solution, it's not. Yeah, I think I think we, we you know we, uh, my point is that we we my personal view, no, my personal view is that we, we are support for pooling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I will just not be too confident to say just pooling will solve the right. issue. I think it's like that will yeah. not. That's not what I heard from from my interaction with the regulators. Yeah. So they would take a dim view, perhaps, if 23 out of your 24 observable prices were from yeah. one single pool. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's... Uh, exactly. So... Okay. Well, so, um, FRCB, NMRF, penal attribution, those are all topics we can talk about <laughs> for hours. Uh, but unfortunately, we're running out of time. Um, so... Uh, time to wrap up this installment of Quancast. Um, thank you very much for joining us today, Adolfo. Thank you for having me. Um, and uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll catch you again for the next installment of Quancast. Bye for now.